Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today we are on day 15. Isn't that amazing to think about? It just seems like just yesterday we started this, but we're already on day 15. And I hope that this podcast has been helping you connect, get connected to God's Word so that you can accomplish what He has in store for your life. See, God has given you something to build. There is no doubt about it, and I trust that you will complete it with a shout of grace. So let's get into our text today in Proverbs chapter 15, and it says this, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word, harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. The sacrifice of the wicked is abomination, is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he who loves him who follows righteousness. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he who hates correction will die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord, so how much more the hearts of the sons of men? A scoffer does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays the contention. The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. But a man of understanding walks uprightly. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good it is! The way of life winds upward for the wise, that he may turn away from the hell below. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy. The ear 
that hears the rebuke of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds the rebuke gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Man, there is a lot of good stuff here that we could pull out of this chapter. I mean, it is just jam-packed of good stuff. In fact, I would just encourage you to read this again later today because, I mean, it is jam-packed, full of nuggets here in God's Word. But I want to start here in verse 1, and I, I want to point out that how you use your mouth matters. How you use your mouth matters. And in verse one, it said this, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You can say the right thing, but be wrong in your delivery. You can say the right thing and be wrong in your delivery. In fact, I I believe it's uh, in the book, Love and Respect. There's the phrase that it goes and it says, uh, you can be right, but wrong at the top of your, of your lungs. And the whole concept here is that you can be right in what you're saying, but have the wrong tone in what you're saying it. And it can go in instead of putting out a fire, it can stir up a fire. Now, while there is much to be said about the tone police, and there is uh, a, a lot to be said about the tone police, But there is a right way and a wrong way to say something. You see, most of those who criticize about tone today, they're actually criticizing about the message itself, but there are right ways to deliver a message and there are wrong ways to deliver a message. In fact, I'm going to try to remember to link a uh, a sermon, a, a link to a sermon here, um, given by Pastor Kerry Gordon. And I mean, it was, it's really, really good. It's, uh, titled paintball pastoring. It's the first in a series on paintball pastoring. There's three of them. I'd encourage you to watch all three of them if you get the opportunity. But in, in this first one that he goes and he, uh, preaches the sermon about paintball pastoring, he really goes into the idea of delivery and why, you know, there might be those who would go and criticize about delivery. Uh, most of the time, the issue is, is that there's no message that's being delivered, but ultimately there is something to be said about delivery as well. Now, he doesn't focus in necessarily so much about what there is to be said about delivery, but he does make the point very well that delivery does matter. In fact, he goes and tells a, a story here. I'll just go and give the illustration quickly of when he was in Atlanta at a pastor's conference and there was somebody who was just going and yelling at him that he was going to go to hell because he was going to this pastor's conference, a street preacher, uh, who was going and doing that. And uh, he called her the wild woman of Atlanta. And so it is important that we remember that we are not the wild woman of Atlanta in our life. See, it goes and it says this here in the passage, a soft answer turns away wrath. So you can turn a bad situation into a solution if you have a tame tongue. You can turn a bad situation into a solution with a tame tongue. Now, this never means compromising the truth. This never means compromising the message. But if you have your tongue under control, even if somebody doesn't have their emotions under control, instead of going and and having their flesh that's calling out to your flesh, instead of going and giving in to that call, if you go and are disciplined and have a controlled, tamed tongue, you can turn a bad situation into a solution 
because you can go and turn away wrath and turn the conversation back to the reasonableness that it needs to be at in order to go and to find the solution. Or you could give perhaps the right truthful answer in the wrong way and give a harsh word and you could stir up anger and make the situation all the worse. See, you diffuse situations with control of your tongue. And so you need to have control of your tongue. You need to do that because the reality of it is, is if we're just going and starting up fires and making everybody mad, but we're never actually getting the message across in a way that people can receive the message, well, there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem. And I know this is an interesting thing to think about. You must never compromise the message. But we do need to remember that a soft word turns away wrath. The second thing I want us to see here this morning is that the lazy choose a difficult path. The lazy choose a difficult path. In verse 19, it says this, The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. See, the lazy and laziness actually makes things more difficult. This scripture goes and it compares it to a hedge of thorns. I don't know if you've ever been poked by a thorn before, but oh my goodness, a hedge of thorns can really stop somebody right in their tracks. I don't know if you've ever been out uh, pulling weeds before or, or, or something like that, and all of a sudden you go and you grab a, a, a thorn or a thistle uh, or, or maybe it's a, uh, a raspberry or mulberry tree or whatnot, the ones that got the thorns on it, you go and you, you grab that and you start pulling up. Oh my goodness. That, that can just, you know, really, really hurt your hand and stop you just dead in your tracks when you're going and doing that. It just makes things all the more difficult when thorns are there to go and to clear a path or to, to, to get the job done of whatever you're doing. It just makes it extremely difficult. And that's the way of the lazy. Now, this seems backwards to us because when we stop and we think about this, we're going, now, wait a minute here. Doesn't the the lazy just take the path of least resistance? Don't they just go with the flow, just go with kind of the easy thing? But the reality of it is, is that laziness makes things more difficult. And and this is because there is this idea of momentum. And momentum is something that is incredibly important to remember and to realize, especially when it comes to work. You see, the upright, they have a highway. It's smooth sailing. And, and this is compared to the way of the lazy is what we're talking about. We're not saying that it's always easy for those who are doing the right thing or or or, or whatnot. But the whole idea when it comes to work it is that concept of a snowball. You get the ball rolling and then it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes faster and it builds bigger and things like that. That's the whole idea of momentum. And so when it comes to, to work, no matter what you're doing, momentum is something that is important to look at. And laziness is a momentum stopper. You never get momentum going. And so that means you're always in the most difficult position. And that is the whole idea of getting started. Whether that is a habit, well, it's most difficult to start a habit, is it not? 
It's not difficult to keep a habit once you get it going. If you're used to waking up at five in the morning every single morning, well, guess what? You're going to wake up at five in the morning every single morning. But if you're used to waking up at eight in the morning and all of a sudden you go, I want to start a habit of being of waking up at five in the morning. Well, that is incredibly difficult to go and to do that. What What's going on here? Well, it's the upright that has the highway. It's easy. You're already on the highway. You just keep rolling. But the lazy, well, they have a difficulty. They have a difficulty. It's a hedge of thorns for them. Another interesting thing to note about the lazy man here is that laziness is contrasted with the upright. Now, this means that laziness is an immoral position. And I think we really need to wrestle with this, especially in our culture. Do we really view laziness as an immoral position or just something that doesn't really matter? See, we need to realize that laziness is something that matters and it is immorality. It is wrong to be lazy. You shouldn't be lazy. And of course, it's also not very pragmatic to be lazy because you're always in the most difficult place when you're trying to get something started. Make good habits, have good discipline, be an upright person. The final thing that verse I want us to look at here is in verse 28. And I just want to bring this question up. What do you study? What do you study? And this is what verse 28 says. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. See, notice it isn't just what to answer, but it is how to answer that you're supposed to study. See, many people know what to say, but often their delivery is lacking or their timing is lacking or their strategy is lacking. See, in life, the how is important. You need to pay attention to the people around you so that you can know how they're going to respond with what you say. You need to pay attention to the situation around you so that you can know when to say what you're supposed to say. Study so that you can know how to answer. See, the righteous person studies how to answer, which includes, of course, the when, the, the, uh, the, the delivery. It includes the strategy of, of what to say. This is so important to think about because there are things that are perhaps appropriate to say, but it's not appropriate to say it in that way. It's not appropriate to say it in that time. It's not appropriate uh, to, to go and to say it maybe even all at once. Not that it's necessarily wrong or untrue, but the whole goal is to go and to be most effective in what you're saying. See, this is a righteous thing to do, and it can help you accomplish great things for the kingdom of God when you study how to answer, how to answer. See, it can turn away wrath in a heated situation and win a brother to Christ. It can go and, and give somebody just enough to come back to want more and more. 
I mean, we, we think about Jesus and the interaction, especially if you, you go and you read the Gospels, it, it, the first part of them, his interactions with his disciples and those he's calling, it, it's it's different than at the end there after he's gotten to know them. He just goes and he, he gives them a little bit. In fact, what was one of the famous lines that Jesus goes and says, he says, look, come and see. Jesus knew how to answer somebody. He could go and just give the answer if he wanted to. He knew the answer. He could have just gone and said it, but no, he was more focused in on not the what to answer, but the how to answer in order to be most effective for the kingdom of God. And so you, if you want to be effective for the kingdom of God, you need to study on the how to answer. Now, as we conclude today, I do want to point out verse 29 because it is really important. There's so much that was just awesome in this chapter of Scripture. I I really hope that you go back and read it again because it is really good. But verse 29 says this, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. I want to remind you of that as, as we get ready to sign off here this morning. You need to remember that the wicked is far from God, but what is that he said? He hears the prayer of the righteous. You know, David put it this way in Psalms, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Today, if you want your prayers to be effective, if you want to be near to the heart of God, live a righteous life. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness we hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been